Hey, welcome into this week's edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show on ESPN Denver 1600 as we near the final week of the 2021 regular season in college men's lacrosse. My name is Tyler Mon, joined by the head coach of the Denver Pioneers, Bill Tierney, as we talk some DU Pioneers men's lacrosse. Coming off of a, a tough road trip to the nation's capital over the weekend, an 11-10 loss to the Georgetown Hoyas. And uh, now not one, but two games coming up over the next week for the Pioneers. We've got a rescheduling coming up uh, a week from Wednesday on the 28th. And uh, coach, welcome back to the show. Obviously a, a tough matchup, a, a game on the road in which playing a team at Georgetown that has been fantastic for the last few seasons. They uh, were riding a, a pretty strong home winning streak that continued um, and just a, a game that kind of turned away late. Um, what did you talk about with your team after that 11-10 loss and now being a few days removed from it? What are the, the biggest lessons from it to this point? Well, you know, it's uh, everybody that says that you learn more lessons from losses than you do from wins. We're going to find that out. Um, you know, I'm not a real fan of that saying because it means you get used to losses. But, uh, um, you know, first of all, our kids played really hard. And and when you lose a game like that, at, at the, the immediacy of having to answer questions or reacting to your team um, isn't oftentimes isn't reality. You know, there's total disappointment. Uh, you know, as I always say, coaches lose games and players win them. And I really believe that that was the case in, in this situation. But a lot of credit to Georgetown. Uh, you know, we had beaten them by six here. Um, they were ready to go. We jumped on them and they they held tough and they got it. They got the ones at the end that, that we didn't. And so uh, um, credit to Coach Warren and his staff. They, it's a great team. And, uh, you know, but the. Uh, the good news is hopefully we'll get to play him again in a couple of weeks. When you refer to coaches losing games and, and feeling like Saturday maybe was that way, what, what do you mean by that in reference to this game specifically? Well, if you look at the game, they scored seven goals in, in regulation. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, they scored 11 goals. In regulation, they scored 10. Four of those goals, three of those goals were off the 10-man ride. Two of those goals were in transition. And one of their goal, one of the goals was just a blunder on man down. So let's say you cut half half of them out because you're going to get goals against you. Um, you know, I, I just felt like uh, the impact of our ten man ride in that game against a good team. Uh, if if I was smarter than I am, uh, well, if I was smarter than I am, I wouldn't be a lacrosse coach. But if I was smarter than I am, I would have. Uh, I would have called off the 10 man ride, um, especially the one after the man up and the one that, that put them ahead at, at toward the end of the game. The second half just kind of felt like there was a lot of momentum building on that Georgetown sideline. And, um, you know, we've unfortunately been in a handful of games like that over the last few years where it just at times feels like, okay, there's a wave coming and you got to figure out a way to break the back of that. Um, your guys led for the majority of that game. I mean, until the final few minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, Georgetown hadn't even been tied. And then all of a sudden they break through. It really felt like a lot of Saturday's game was predicated on Georgetown's face-off success. James Riley was really, really good against Alex Afficus and TD Erland. What, from the sideline, what were you seeing that he was doing so well that made him so effective? Well, look, I don't want to take anything away from him at all. But if you go back and you look at what used to be the case in, in face-offs, it's, it used to be whoever won the clamp was usually going to win the faceoff. We won 75 to 80% of the clamps. Now, what we didn't win was 
you know, any more than 10 or 15% of the wing plays that had to be made throughout the game. So other than the, the last, other than two clean face-offs, one being the one in overtime um, that, that, that their face-off guy won. And uh, then we had a few, especially early that were clean. The rest were just, you know, scrums on the wings. And, and to be honest, we've been spoiled here uh, starting back in, you know, with Chase Carrero, all the way through Trevor Baptiste, all the way through Al, uh, Brett Bose, all the way through Alex Staphicus, and, and now TD Erlin and Alec being together. We've been uh, spoiled here. And all of a sudden, um, the wing play is something that we've got we to work on. And, and we've been exposed, and as I said earlier, about the losing and learning from losing. More importantly, we've learned the areas where we've been exposed and it reveals to us where we've got to put more concentration on as coaches. And that's what I mean by coaches losing games. They were more prepared than we were for that part of the game, which was turned out to be of paramount importance. Coach, your guys uh, going into two weeks ago against Villanova were averaging over 50 shots per game. Um, it was 36 last week uh, or two weeks ago now against Villanova. It was 36 on Saturday against Georgetown. Are there things that opposing defenses are throwing at you? And obviously I know Villanova plays a really unique style, but are there things that defenses have kind of keyed on to maybe slow down some of that onslaught from, from your offense? Or what have you seen that's contributed to the lower shot totals? Well, you go back to what we just talked about. When you don't have the ball, when you have the ball 80% of the time, you're going to get more shots. Yeah. You and I and Nico, we've talked about this often. One of the inane rules of, of lacrosse is that when you fail, you get rewarded. And what I mean by that is if, if you take a shot and miss the goal and you're closest to the end line, you get the ball back. So oftentimes those shooting stats can be a little bit uh, mistaken, you know, um, both goalies had 15 saves or 14 and 15, both played phenomenally well, by the way, Jack was phenomenal as was their goalie. Um, and, uh, you know, for the most part, the, the shots on goal were the same 25 versus 26. So you're, you're talking about a really close game. When you start looking at numbers of shots, um, it's, it, I've always thought, and, and, uh, you know, that, in one way, the number of shots can indicate uh, an onslaught on the goal. But in another way, if you're missing a lot of shots, that's that's a problem. And so, uh, you know, be, the combination of not winning faceoffs, getting balls back if you miss, um, you know, and, and goalie play, I think, can distort those numbers a little bit. But it is clear that when you get 50 and you're winning faceoffs, uh, you're dominating play. Coach, one of the things about this season, we haven't talked about this uh, in previous seasons before. We've talked about it in kind of a different context, but it's very difficult in sports uh, in a structure and a schedule like lacrosse to beat a team three times in the same year. And you play Georgetown, you get the win at home, taking the loss on the road. Now you set yourselves up for potentially a Big East Conference tournament matchup. And if you do see them again, obviously you, you don't want to lose. You don't want to learn the lessons just from losing. But are there beneficial things that come out of the fact that now you're both going to go into a potential Big East Conference tournament matchup? Um, and that is not set in stone, obviously. But if you do see them again, you're both even. You've each got one good day against the other. Is there something good that can be gleaned from that? Whereas maybe had you won both of those games, you look at that potential third matchup and think, okay, well, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, and I think it comes down to uh, human nature. I think it comes down to sports in general. 
And I think it comes down in our case with history with Georgetown is that uh, we've, other than this year, uh, other than Saturday, we've dominated them in the regular season. And then they've come back in the last two years to, to beat us in the thing. What, what happened in the tournament? What happens is, and this is true in all sports, it, you know, obviously not the NBA or the MLB or something like that, where you play so many times or NHL. But when, it, when you're narrowed down to twos and threes, the, the human nature part of the, or the coaching human nature part of it is when you win, you don't change. When you lose, you change everything. Um, and so, you, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, how much was Georgetown going to change? How much are we going to change? Now, I think Georgetown's smart enough and they're coached well enough to know that they're just not going to go on the same game plan if we do play them again as they did on Saturday. It's uh, because they know we're going to change. And it becomes this chess match, which is the fun of coaching and the fun of sports. So, um, you know, each one of those three game series, it's hard to beat somebody three times, all that. Each one of those is is a single game of 60 minutes or as we found out, or a little bit more. And uh, uh, it's funny, what I, what I found is over the years of coaching in those situations is the mental aspect goes out the window after the first face off. It's like, okay, all that coach speak, all that, but what you know, media attention, all that, you know, you'll get them now. You've lost to them twice. Yeah, or you, you won't get them now because you beat them twice. The minute that ref blows the whistle for that first face off, it, it, it all hits the fan in a totally different way. Well, there's a lot coming up for the Denver Pioneers over the next uh, now week to close out the 2021 regular season in Big East Conference play, including a rescheduled matchup with a good team that we'll talk about coming up here in a little bit. St. John's is the matchup on Saturday at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium, and we will break that one down uh, coming up here in our next segment. It's a Coach Bill Tierney show presented by Johnson Financial Group and from the hometown Toyota Store Studios back in a minute on ESPN Denver 1600. Dear thrill seekers, Toyota is taking over lanes with exciting SUV savings. Get a deal on the sleek and roomy Highlander or the adventurous RAV4, the best-selling small SUV in America for the last four years. Visit Toyota.com today. Get in, Toyota. Get $12.50 cash back on a new 2021 RAV4. Based on manufacturer estimates, see 2017 through 2020 sales cash from Toyota Financial Services on select models for T1 Plus customers only. Varies by region. See dealer for details. All friends, 5321. Your front range Toyota stores are proud to be the exclusive automotive partners of DU Athletics. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. So let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. Back on ESPN Denver 1600, it's the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group and from the hometown Toyota Store Studios, Tyler Mon and the head coach of Denver Pioneers Men's Lacrosse, Bill Tierney, as the St. John's Red Storm arrives in town coming up on Saturday for a 12 o'clock face-off and 11.30 a.m. Pioneer pregame here on ESPN Denver. And um, Coach, before we get talking about the St. John's matchup itself. Um, Saturday is your senior day, and it is a senior day unlike any other in that there are 22 seniors who will be honored fourth in the nation in senior class wins, 49 and 18. Um, and the group that you counted on 
coming back from a pandemic year with a season that was canceled and um, the adversity of that. Um, this group to you, for the guys that you've added, for the guys uh, who have returned, who have been here for, for four years, now four plus years, tell me about this class and what has made them special, especially with all that they've dealt with over the last year. Well, if you, you know, as you mentioned, if you just look at the numbers, uh, I think you said 49 and 18 or something like that, it's a lot of people out in the world would, lo would love to have those numbers. Of course, we look at the 18 a heck of a lot more than we look at the 49. But I think one of the things we talked about this year was reestablishing our dominance in Peter Barton Stadium. One of my first six or seven years here with Coach Brown, you know, we, we won most of the time in Peter Barton Stadium. And we, we kind of lost that along the way, you know, with, especially with the, the Villanova loss in the regular season two years ago, the Georgetown loss, the, the Marquette loss uh, in the tournaments that we had here. And so we kind of felt like there was some slippage. So we made that one of our primary goals. And uh, if we win on Saturday, uh, that will come to fruition. So that's number one. But this, this group of seniors, and I've told them this, um, I think every team in the country is going to, when their season ends, whether they end up 0-14 or 0-1 or 1-0 or 14-0, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the season, every coach is going to have to look back on this year and be so thankful for this group of young men, especially the ones who have come back for a fifth year and, and, and had a great year like we've had and we hopefully continue to have. To do that, um, I think this, this group of, of, I forget what generation they are right now, whether they're millennials, Gen X or Gen Z or Gen AA, I, I'm not sure, but um, they get you know, they, they get a big rap and, and some of it's deserved, you know, uh, they're kind of a spoiled group. But this group that we've had here at the University of Denver, uh, I could talk about each one of them for a lot longer than our radio show. Certainly the guys that we've had here, we've had a three-year captain in Danny Logan, you know, and a guy who breaks our scoring record in Ethan Walker, uh, the most underrated defenseman in, in the country in, in, in Colin Squires, you know, and, uh, all these guys, uh, Kyle Smith, who's been instrumental in our in, in our play. Plus, you got three young men that that you know, two of them could have had jobs where they're making good money this year, and and just loved lacrosse so much that they decided to come to Denver for one year. And and uh, you know, I, I told them the other day, I just hope when you look back on this, you're you're thankful that you did it. And so when we combine that with all the normal seniors and some who have another year left that we don't even know about yet, um, and then all the kids who will be leaving and all the ones, the four of them who left last year at the end of the year, it's so complex. It's so, honestly, I, I, I get the chills when I think about what this group has been through and we haven't even talked about COVID yet, <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, just, it's just amazing what they've accomplished in the classroom as young men. For me, you know, it's been a long, long tenure of coaching. And when I look back and, and I, it's hard for me to believe I started college coaching in 1981. Um, but, you know, when you look back at, at what these guys do and, and they put themselves out there, most, most college students don't put their lives in, in, into the public, don't put their lives on the scoreboard. And then to do it in a way where they've been virtually locked down for nine or 10 months, 
and a sacrifice, all of that, all of that great stuff that's supposed to happen in college for one another. I, I, I you know, as you know, I've won seven national championships, I've been a part of nine of them, you know, one more as a player and, and, and you know, and, and I, I, I can't say yet that this is the group that's made me most proud of all of that. But it, I will say that if we fall short of winning a national championship this year, it will diminish what these guys have done, not one iota. Coach, this week you have a, a very interesting task ahead and in that you'll play St. John's coming up on Saturday, a, a Red Storm team that um, has a lot of talent. They've struggled this season record-wise, and um, you had a, a very strong opening half against them in your first matchup, which ended up as a 20-6 win. You're leading 9-1 after the first quarter. Then you're going to have to turn around a few days later and play Villanova because that game now will uh, potentially impact the top of the Big East standings and seeding going into the conference tournament. Let's talk about St. John's first. Um, that matchup, you get out to a 9-1 lead in the first quarter. You get 14 goals in the first half. Um, and when you look back on that meeting, what stands out most about what was successful, especially early on being able to take such a, a dominant lead in that first quarter? No, what stands out to me is turning around to the parking garage and not seeing you and dangling a wire from the top. I was, I was devastated. I was <laughs> devastated to not be there broadcasting for the parking garage. I want you to know. But other than that, uh, look, Coach Miller is a heck of a coach and he's a heck of a guy. They, they've run into some stuff at that place in the last two, two, three years that is just beyond what a coach should have to go through. And, uh, and so, and he's still, you know, going strong, coaching his kids till the last moment. And, uh, and I have so much respect for Jason and what, he, what he's attempting to do there. We need to, on senior day, we need to, for the Big East standings, we need to, for the psyche of our team coming off a loss, whatever whatever our motivation might be is, we, we need to get out there and we need to play well on, on Saturday. And uh, hopefully that's what will happen, obviously with senior day and parents there and the, you know, the, the, the rituals and things we're gonna go through. Um, that's again, like I said before, that's not gonna change how, how good we feel about these guys. But when you have senior day with 22 guys, you better damn well play well because you got to have some uh, not so happy people if you don't. You uh, four days later are going to have to turn around and play Villanova. And there was a week built into the Big East Conference schedule for uh, potential makeups in this exact situation. There were COVID reasons that postponed your game against Villanova, the first scheduled matchup uh, between your two teams on their side. So it forces that postponement. But Villanova already had a game scheduled for that week. So this one becomes a midweek game. Um, to have to turn around and and play in short order is not something that your team is unfamiliar with, obviously. But to do it against a team like Villanova, I think, is probably the one that presents the most challenges because of what we talked about with how differently they play um, from any other school. How much does it help the fact that you did just play them a few weeks ago? They'll be relatively fresh in your mind. And how much of a challenge is it to, okay, St. John's, you got to flush that, be able to move on. You're facing a team that has very unique styles offensively and defensively. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and then you throw in a, you know, a round trip, you know, uh, on a Tuesday, which is weird. But uh, look, the, the whole thing came down with a lot of cooperation. You know, we scheduled this game tentatively a few weeks ago, uh, hoping that we wouldn't need it. But the, the loss on Saturday uh, dictates that um, that we play this game to determine the uh, seedings for the Big East tournament also determines a, a, a tournament. I mean, a, a Big East championship, and and that's important to us. That's one of our goals 
for the season. We talked about winning at Peter Barton Stadium this year. We did that, and hopefully we'll finish that on, on Saturday. Um, the next step is the Big East regular season championship, then the Big East tournament, and then the national championship. And so uh, the way it works out with, with uh, Georgetown being able to get all 10 of their not, uh, conference games in, assuming they, they play uh, Providence this Saturday with no issues, and they end up nine and one, we would have ended up, if we beat St. John's, eight and one. So they would have they would have had the first seed, which, um, you know, that, that's, we want that. We want that. We feel like we've earned that. And, and so uh, talk, you talk to these kids, just like going way back to February, and we talked to the guys about playing two games in three days at North Carolina. You know, these kids have given so much. They want to play games, you know, at this time of the year, they're tired of me. And, um, and so they just want to play games. They have no qualms about getting on a plane and playing on a Wednesday afternoon. So uh, against a very good team who it was an even game other than from one quarter uh, when we played them at home last time. All right, coach, final point for you. If St. John's coming in on Saturday, the biggest things you want to see from your team to set up that matchup with Villanova as the, the potential uh, Big East regular season deciding game. Well, we've been talking about our players playing for each other. I think this, you know, certainly our, you know, focus on this one is to hopefully get off to a good start like we did last time and, um, and have, have those seniors that have been working so hard, some for five years, most for four years, and haven't uh, gotten a lot of playing time, but have been just as important to all our success as, as Danny Logan and Ethan Walker. Um, to give them one last chance to get on that field at Peter Barton Stadium. And, uh, and I, that is not disparaging anybody in any way. We want to, that's going to be our motivation is to do it for a teammate, no matter what that means uh, for, you know, as far as how it affects his, his life and his career. That is really cool. And face-off is coming up at noon on Saturday at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. 1130 will be Pioneer pregame right here on ESPN Denver 1600. We'll get a chance to do this again, preview the St. John's Red Storm for our pregame show. And, uh, Coach, we'll talk to you later on in the week. And uh, best luck against St. John's. Thanks, Tyler. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group and from the hometown Toyota Store Studios. Talk to you on Saturday for Denver and St. John's.